Welcome to Real Estate Investing Abundance, the show for busy, fulfilled professionals like you to learn how to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. Now, here is your host, Dr. Alan Lomax. Hello, enlightened investors. It is a delight to be with you here today as we share with our guest the creative financing secrets of how to buy properties with no money down and no credit. Brian O'Neill is the CEO of BKW Property Solutions, a company that was started to provide flexible real estate solutions for both buyers and sellers. They serve the greater Chicagoland area and help buyers realize their dream of owning a home. When Brian and his wife experienced many of the common challenges of selling their own home many years ago, they knew there had to be a better way. Their experiences became the foundation of BKW Property Solutions. So, Brian, take us into the show by sharing a memorable experience from your formative years that helped you to be who you are today. Yeah, Kylan, great to be on. I appreciate the time today. And I love your question. And, you know, this is an easy one for me. It was the birth of my son several years ago. I think a lot of people probably share this, but for me, you know, there are moments in your life that you never forget. And I remember right before I was about to go into the delivery room and I was all by myself out in the hallway and I was about to go in. And I just remember telling myself, you know, this was about almost 11 years ago. And I said to myself, all right, Brian, your life's never going to be different from this moment on. And it truly hasn't. And you know, I'll, I'll expand on that a little bit more. It was a great day. It's been one of the greatest joys of my life watching my son grow up. And he is the reason why I got out of my W-2 job and into real estate because I was missing him grow up because I was gone all the time. I had a very high travel job. And as he started to get older, he started to tell me about it. Hey, dad, I don't like when you go. I'm scared when you go. And that, you know, he really drove me to get out of that so that I could be here. And now I am. And it's just been a tremendous experience. And I'm so grateful for that moment and for him. Yeah. Interesting. Those transformative moments, you never really know what they are. And probably don't realize them until you look back on them oftentimes. Well, Brian, tell us, what is your definition of creative finance? Yeah, when we're talking about creative financing, we're talking about buying, and you could do this with anything. I do this with single family homes and smaller multis, but you can really buy anything on seller financing or terms, as we call it, as long as the seller is open to them. You could buy houses, cars, boats, you know, whatever. This has been around since the 1800s. And it's just a, it's a transaction that we buy all of our homes this way, where we go to the seller and we don't use any banks. We don't use any of our own credit. We don't sign personally. We're buying properties on terms or using creative financing. I can get into some of the different methods depending on what the seller situation is, but it's basically just direct to the seller. Well, how did you, through selling your first home that you really first got introduced to creative finances? So tell us about that story. We had an experience, and I think a lot of people who are selling houses may have a similar experience where we had purchased another property, the one that we're living in now. It's a brand new build, new construction. So that took, you know, about nine, 10 months to build. We committed to it. It was happening. You know, we put the money down, like you're not getting out of this, right? And if you do, you're going to lose your deposit. 
we put our house up for sale because we obviously weren't going to keep both properties. And we did what most people do. You know, this was several years ago, back in 14. And we put it up in the summer. And then we were hoping the timing would work out perfectly. It never does. And we weren't really getting a lot of traction. So we just continued to lower the price until finally we got super nervous because this was getting close to the time where we had to close on the new house. And we weren't in a position where we could carry two mortgage payments for a long time, a short amount of time, but not a long time. So we just wanted to be done with it. So we just did what everybody does. You lower the price until somebody raises their hand and says, okay, I'm good at that number. I'll buy it. And what ended up happening is we were expecting to get X when we listed it. And we ended up getting about $40,000 less than what we expected. And I remember sitting at the closing table and I told my wife, I said, I could have done that. Like, there's got to be another way to do this. Like, we got the scraps. Everybody else got paid. Everybody else got money for our house that we had lived in and taken care of for all those years. And everyone else got paid except for us. And it was disheartening. And I didn't know it at the time, but I just said, there's got to be a different way to do this. And now I know what that is. It took a while to figure out what it was, but that was the experience that kind of led me to where I am right now. Well, you gave us the brief definition of owner financing, but fill us in a little bit more here in terms of how do you buy these properties with no money down and with no credit? Yeah, absolutely. So, Alan, primarily what we're doing, and I'd like to look at myself as I consider myself a problem solver. This is not for everyone. Most people in this country are going to sell the conventional way, whether it's you know for sale by owner or hiring an agent. But there are lots of folks that are in a scenario where the traditional market is not going to solve their problem. One being you can't afford a realtor. And let me explain what that is. You got to pay a realtor 5 or 6% on a $300,000 house, and maybe you owe like 280, 285, 290. You're writing a check at the closing table. You can't afford a realtor. And you don't have to do that. And I talk to sellers all the time. There's another alternative for that. So in a scenario like that, where there's a very, very low equity position and you're like me, you know, you're only you're going to get forty thousand dollars less, there's another solution. And that's creative financing, that's seller financing, or we use also the word subject to, meaning I can go to that seller who wants three hundred thousand dollars for their house and I can take over their payments and pay their closing costs. So there is no coming out of pocket at the closing table. And in some cases, they might be able to even get a little bit of money. So it can go from zero to negative, uh, to a negative equity position, to being able to, to get on with your situation and this house is taken care of. And that's how I'm able to... I'm solving a problem. Like the seller's got some pain, right? They got to move. They can't afford the house, and then they're going to have to pay money to get out of the house. I can stave that off and take control of that property, own that property, and they can move on. So it sounds like it's a benefit for the seller. And also, I guess it would be a benefit for the buyer. But you said that you were the one paying the closing costs on that. So that's not quite exactly a no money down deal there. Does that happen often or... Is that the exception to the rule? Well, here's the piece there too. And that is not necessarily the exception to the rule, but it's no money out of my pocket because that closing happens when I find a buyer. So I place a buyer who needs time 
to obtain a bank loan and they would essentially pay the closing costs. So it's none of my own money in terms of I'm using other people's money. So I find a buyer who is either self-employed, maybe they had a significant life event and they just need time to repair their credit. I place them in the house on a lease to own or rent to own basis or seller financing in some cases. They put down a non-refundable deposit towards the purchase price of the home that I sell them for. So on a $300,000 house, they're putting anywhere from 5 to 10% down. So out of that 5 to 10%, I'm able to pay the closing costs and then you know still create the income for my business with the rest of the money. We'll be right back after a brief announcement. Are you a busy professional, passionate about the work of your calling, yet realize that even though you love what you are doing, you're exchanging your time for money? You know that if you were to lose the ability to exchange time for money, your financial well-being will be in jeopardy. If you can relate, I have great news. Steve Talker Capital is an investment company designed for professionals to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. Remove the anxiety of an uncertain financial future and go to steedtalker.com. Get your free one-page 10-step guide to passive real estate investing. Okay. So that is a no-money-down deal for you. And really a minimal down payment uh, for the ultimate buyer as well, because if they go through the banks, they're going to have appraisal costs, they're going to have inspection costs, they're going to have all of the percentage points that they're going to have to pay up front. So it could be a great deal more. And then on top of that, then they're going to have to have anywhere from a, depending on what kind of mortgage they get, anywhere from a three to a 10 to even a 20% down payment. So it could be very beneficial for the buyer there as well, the ultimate buyer there. Yeah. Loans are very costly for buyers. Very costly when you look at everything, not just the rate. Yeah. Most people don't even realize how costly a mortgage is. But there's a lot of upfront costs for mortgages that most people just aren't really aware of, or they just take it for granted that that's just the way it has to be. So it sounds like a lot of people are benefiting. The seller's benefiting from that because you've solved a problem for them. You're benefiting from that because you're making a profit off of that. And then the ultimate buyer is also benefiting from that. So is there anything else that selling your first home has taught you? Yeah, the whole process is confusing, right? And one of the things that we've done with our business, and I have a podcast as well and a YouTube channel that we dedicate to education because, you know, it's funny, I had an attorney on my podcast a a couple of weeks ago to go over a settlement statement. If you've ever looked at a settlement statement, if you purchased or bought a home, I remember the first time I looked at that. And I called them up. I said, well, what does all this stuff mean? What are all these charges? Like who's responsible? I mean, it's confusing, right? Especially if you're not used to it. And you know, that was something that I learned was, hey, I had this tremendous opportunity. Like buy your home for most people in this country, or probably for most for that matter, buying your primary residence is likely going to be the biggest financial decision you'll ever make in your life for most people. And then there's the big emotional piece of that too. It's emotional. Right, especially when we're talking about money, and you grew up there, and your kids grew up there. I mean, it's difficult to let go of that for a lot of folks. So I learned from that experience that I needed to get educated. I was not educated. I put my trust and faith in other people, and I know I didn't take ownership for it. I mean, ultimately, like the forty grand that I lost, that's my fault. It's nobody else's fault. 
but I don't want it to happen to other people. So that's one of the reasons that I do this, that we have this business. One of the reasons we're big on education is to inform people that like, number one, you do not have to do what I did. And I think we're programmed to think that you do. You don't have to do that. There's other options. It may not be the best option for you, but you need to know that there are other alternatives when it comes to dealing with your house. Yeah. I mean, we're just programmed to go along and follow the major trends, which the major trends are get a 30-year mortgage from a bank and make the bank rich in the process and drain your own pocketbooks in that whole entire process there. You know, Alan, too, it's interesting you say that, and I'm sorry to interrupt you, but you mentioned earlier, you brought up a good point about people don't know what their loan costs, right? If you ever look at the truth and lending statement, when you get your mortgage, you had to dig really deep in there, right? You buy a $400,000 house at 3% interest. Well, over 30 years, you're going to pay 600 grand for that house, more than $600,000. But when I talk to sellers who own their house free and clear, they have no mortgage on a $400,000 house. And I try to explain that concept to them. Like, listen, Mr. Seller, if you do this, if you sell your house to me on seller financing or for anybody for that matter, you're going to get way more money for your house, way more. And it's difficult for people to understand that concept, yet they signed up for the loan. So it's like you want to do it. The banks are rich for a reason. That's why. And I always say to the sellers, you know, jokingly, do what the banks do. Exactly. And the banks don't wait 30 years to get that money. A lot of those upfront costs are actually putting a whole lot of money in the bank's pocket right from the get-go. But then, of course, when you look at your interest statements, once you get your mortgage, you will realize that a fraction of your payment is going to the payoff of that home. Most of what you're paying is to interest. And you do that for the first 20 years, essentially, of a 30-year mortgage. You're totally right. Great point. Well, what is your biggest piece of advice to real estate investors? Yeah. And, and I made this mistake too. And I love talking to new investors. And I would say that there's a few things you need to do if you're looking to get into real estate because there's a bunch of different ways that you create wealth in real estate. So step number one is avoid at all costs trying to be a Jack or Jane of all trades. Okay. And what I mean by that is I did I made this mistake when I looking at real estate years ago. I said, okay, well, I can do a little bit of flipping. I can do some wholesaling rehabs. I'll buy multifamily. I looked at everything and ultimately I did nothing. And it was because I was too distracted by everything else. It was a shiny object syndrome, right? So I finally landed on a lane that spoke to me. I had a personal experience with it years ago, and I was able to get behind it. So step number one, pick a lane. Find a mentor or hire a coach that's done exactly what you want to do before. There is no need to reinvent the wheel. Invest in yourself. Invest in yourself. For some reason, after we get out of school... We're done with college or high school, whatever our education is. We forget that we need coaches and mentors in our lives. I made that mistake for most of my life. I will never do it again. And the needle did not start to move in my life until I got a mentor. And now I have multiple mentors and they lift you up. So invest in yourself. And then the other thing I would say is, you know, this is difficult. Investing in real estate is difficult. You have to make a commitment. You have to create, you have to make a commitment and stay focused. You're going to have good days. You're going to have bad days. I always have the mentality, create small wins on a daily basis, stack them up, 
stack them up. And then all of a sudden, this little stack that you're building is really, really super big and heavy. Once the momentum builds and it falls over, it'll just smash your goals. So that's my advice to anybody that comes in new. Well, sounds like very sound advice there. I mean, no matter what part of real estate you go into, there are going to be challenges and difficulties. And you said you looked at a variety of different ways and means. And one reason you could get started was because there's shiny objects, no matter which way you go in real estate. There's also a lot of risk in most real estate investments, even when you're going in at at not putting your own money in. There's the risk that you're going to, that someone else is going to get hurt in that process, which tarnishes your reputation. So it's risky to you as well there. So why is it that you came to decide up on this particular course of real estate investment? Yeah, great question, Alan. So as I alluded to before, I was looking at a bunch of different things. And what I really wanted to do when I first started looking years ago was multifamily. I love the potential returns of investing in apartments. I wanted to be an operator. I started looking at a bunch of deals. You know, I was networking. And so I go back to coaching and mentoring. I was doing this all on my own. And I never really took any serious, legitimate action in terms of you know, getting to a closing table. It's because I was too scared. I didn't know what I was doing. I was afraid to invest my own money, fear of failure. And further, I was afraid to ask people that I knew, friends, family, you know, coworkers to invest alongside of me in fear of letting them down. It was all because I did not know what I was doing. And it was right around that time I was listening to a podcast where I found my current mentor. And he's talking about how he bought his commercial office building on owner financing. I said, this is exactly what I've been looking for. And I ran right towards it. And now I'm looking at a 19-unit multi-mixed building, multi-use building that I can buy on seller financing. So that's kind of the full circle of it. You can buy anything on terms, as I mentioned, but that's why I got into this business is because I was scared. Well, what are the biggest challenges to you in selecting this path? And what are the obstacles you've come up against that are they're the most daunting? Sure. So real estate, this is not going to come without challenges, right? My mentor told me once that, listen, people like to stay on their W-2s because it feels safe and secure, the paycheck, the 401k and the, the insurance. And he said to me, the risk is the job. You keeping the job is the risk. And it just hit me like a ton. I'm like, yeah, of course it is. I, n- I never knew it. I was, again, we go back to programming. I was programmed to think the complete opposite. So while this is hard, it's not for the faint of heart. There's going to be challenges. It's what you do when you're faced with that adversity. And look, you're in the people business. You know, whether you're a landlord or you're flipping houses or, you know, whatever you're doing, you're still dealing with people and you cannot control or predict what they're going to do. You can only focus on what you do. And that's really what I try to focus on is to make sure that I have the systems in place and my, you know, personally and professionally that allow me to deal with these challenges when they come because they're they're coming. If I have a challenge today and solve it, there's going to be another one tomorrow, right? And if you don't quit, you're going to get so far ahead of your competitors simply by showing up every day. Yeah. And some days it's just harder to show up than it is other days. But yes, that consistency. That's right. No matter how you feel, get up and get with it is always a good message there. Well, Brian, tell our viewers and listeners how it is they can get in touch with you and what is this you have to offer? 
Yeah. You know, if, if you want to learn how to, this is something I believe everyone should learn how to do, if not for the opportunity to buy your own house with no money down, potentially. I mean, even if you can qualify for a bank loan, what if you could save the down payment? It's just a skill that I think anyone in real estate would need to learn. I'm happy to talk to anyone who wants to reach out to me. You can email me, brian at bkwpropertysolutions.com. I can give you some great resources and direction. If, if creative financing is the lane that speaks to you, you know, I'm happy to have a discussion with you and get you going. Because again, it took me a very, very long time to get here. And I wish I would have known someone like me 10 years ago. Right. And that's really what I'm passionate about is helping entrepreneurs who maybe have a similar story to me. They feel stuck in their job or, you know, they just can't get out of it. They don't know where to start. I can help with that. I'm happy to do it. Well, Brian, I got one last question for you here. And that is what was one of your most difficult setbacks in life? And it may be within real estate, maybe other parts of your life. But how did you come through that time? And what did you learn from the experience? Yeah, you know, again, I go back to family. And I think a lot of folks don't really pay much attention to their childhood. And I didn't for a very, very long time. But there was a moment that when I was, I remember I was eight years old and my parents told me they were going to get divorced. Like they announced it when I was eight years old. I remember being so distraught over that whole situation to the point where I was begging them not to split up. And they didn't. They stayed together until I was, I would tell me and my sister were both out of the house. And then they announced that they said they, they split up, which I knew was going to happen, but they stayed together for a long time. And that definitely impacted me both negatively and positively because, again, I had witnessed how, you know, my view of how, you know, a family should be, how marriage should be. And it was different than what I wanted. I mean, I love my parents. I have nothing negative to say about them, but that was a situation that definitely I carried with me for a long time. And, and I didn't realize it until I started looking at that moment in my life and how it, carried for, you know, essentially 40 years because, you know, it's been 40 years since that moment. I'm 48 years old. Yeah, it is amazing what those childhood experiences do for us and how they stay with us. And they stay with us until we actually acknowledge the impact of those experiences. And we really cannot grow beyond them until we acknowledge the pain and the joy that come from those various different childhood experiences. Well, thank you, Brian, for sharing those experiences with us. Thank you for sharing your expertise. It has been a real pleasure having you with us today. Thank you, Alan. Appreciate the opportunity. Thank you for tuning in to Real Estate Investing Abundance, brought to you by Steed Talker Capital, a company working for passionate professionals like you to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. As part of our efforts to make the world a better place, Steed Talker Capital contributes to activities and organizations committed to better understand the equine. These endeavors attempt to enhance the human treatment of horses worldwide. Steed Talker Capital, working for a world where all creatures, great and small, flourish abundantly. For resources to develop your financial independence, connect with us at steedtalker.com. 